Steve, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a mother, Steve? I do indeed. Fantastic. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we all do, but I'm sure you're a good son and you love your mother, don't you, Steve? Uh, uh, the best. I'm like legendary. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got a tip for you. You can really win Mother's Day. Win your mother over on Mother's Day. Cement your reputation as this really good son. Give your mom an Aura digital picture frame. Have you heard of these things, Steve? Yes, I have. They're loaded up with decades of photos. You can just like hook them up to the phone and then you get the photos running through it, kind of scrolling through it. You seen these things? Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, and you can get everything. Uh, and Pictures of your mom, pictures of whoever, your family, your brothers, all, all these things. They're a wonderful item. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code word ChinwagPod at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This is Paul Giamatti speaking. And this is Stephen Asma. And this episode of Chinwag is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is indeed, Steve. Let me ask you a blunt question. Do you ever feel stuck, Steve? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever feel kind of stuck in the mud? Every day, my friend. Yeah. Every damn day. And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you're kind of stuck, right? True. As I get older, and I am getting older, folks, I may not look it. You may <laughs> think, oh, he's like Dorian Gray. He's going backwards. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he's, he's, he's going backwards. I am getting older, folks. It's hard to believe. The thing I notice is how important it is to maintain a balance. You know, I guess you'd call it work life balance. I don't think I'm alone here, but therapy's helped me do this, this balance. It can help you find equilibrium. It can help you feel more empowered in the decisions you make, the boundaries and priorities you set. It's good in that way. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sometimes that's hard, right, to find the right person. So this helps. You can change. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash chinwag today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash chinwag. Oh, we're back. We're back, Steve. The chinwag is back. Great to see you, Mr. Giamatti. Great to see you. Always great to see you. Always a pleasure to be in your distinguished company, sir. <laughs> in your fine, distinguished company. You know? And your like, your sarcasm is oh. showing. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wait see a second. How it is. That was not sarcasm. <laughs> This is troubling to me that the people can't tell sarcasm with me. Everybody thinks no, I'm being I, sarcastic. I do believe that you are sincere. I, I think enjoy you play being some, a, you play I, some sarcastic characters. I do, Steve, but that's let's separate reality and fiction, shall we? <laughs> that's, let's that's, uh I mean You have a pure heart of sincerity <laughs> and truth. Oh, oh that was where's the now, now feel the sarcasm. <laughs> Jesus. I was just wow. Oh boy. I think we should move on. This has gotten okay. ugly already. <laughs> My God. Let's turn to the fans. Yes, let's let's, let's turn to let's turn to the people who are filled who are pure of heart, Steve. The yes. good the, the 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 good fans, the good listeners of Chinwag. Welcome to all of you. Uh, great to have you back. We have a special episode uh, coming up. We, this is this is a second 
of two parts with Mr. Tom Hanks. The amazing Tom Hanks. The amazing Tom Hanks, because we uh, we chatted a lot. Yeah, he was quite forthcoming. He's a talker, man. That yeah. guy just goes on and on and on. Fascinating guy. Fascinating guy, actually, very much so. Uh, but before we get to that, as usual, we have our uh, our reminders, our requests, our pleas, which are uh, rate us, review us. Yeah. Get down to Apple Podcasts and Correct. also drop comments at YouTube, Instagram. And if, you, if you're if you particularly sweet and oh. uh, complimentary, you might oh. get mentioned on the podcast itself. That's true. No actually. promises, but. No, that's know. true. Yeah, questions, uh, anything, comments uh, are always welcome. And, you know, how about this? Why don't you just contact your friends directly and get them to listen? Do it right now. That's right. Text them this thing <laughs> right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. I'm going to wait. No, it's great. Just just bring in, you know, just get because I figure it's just a chain of weirdness. You probably know other weird people, listeners. Oh, who, yeah. That, who people will, who are listening like to, to listen. us are already on the cusp of, <laughs> of. of sanity. And so they they know a whole bunch of other people who are yeah. willing to wag on as yeah. weirdos. Push them, Con- push them over the edge. Them. Push them yeah. over the precipice into insanity uh, for us. Uh, enough of that. Let's get on to our second uh, delightful uh, part of conversation with Tom Hanks, uh, the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Making of Another Major Motion Picture Masterpiece. Here it is, Mr. Tom Hanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We read this great short story by you about time travel, too, and it's why it's a great fantasy for for film and for literature is because, like you said, you're born in a climate. If it's a hot climate, you're going to live there. You know, if you're born in a monarchy, you're going to live under it. But with time travel fantasies, you can pull yourself out of Escape the, it. Yeah, the determinism of your condition. You can be like, what would it be like if I lived in ancient Rome or if I lived way in the future? And I'm sort of wondering, like, where would you go? If you could time travel here, I'm just I wrote sort of it. It's on. in that story. It's called "Because the Past is Important to Us," and I yeah. would go back. Right. I would go back to the right. But let's because that's let's where take, you would go. Yeah, and here's why. Well, explain where the guy goes in the story. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a story about a, a company that starts offering time travel vacations. You know, it's called Chronometric Adventures, but you can only go to very specific places. <laughs> Because half of the thing yeah. you got to explain in a time travel thing is the logic of time travel. Yeah. Right. You, you can only ride a certain part of the echo. The bounce always only lasts so long. And lo and behold, in the uh-huh. time-space continuum, as, the, as this echo passes through us, you have to be in a very specific place to jump onto the echo, and you have to jump off the echo at the same exact space. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so that's mm-hmm. why you got to be in room 114 and a certain hotel in New York City <laughs> that never, anyway, blah, blah, blah. And you can only go right. back to a day in 1939, and you only have 22 hours to spend there. So what are you going to do in 1939? You're going to go to the World's Fair. Yeah. You go to the World's mm-hmm. Fair because you know exactly where it is. Because if you if you were to go back to ancient Rome, 
You would not mm-hmm. speak the language yeah. you see. And that's the mm-hmm. thing yeah. about time travel movies. Mm-hmm. They go back a long time. And guess what? Suddenly, speaks suddenly English, everybody speaks a colloquial language, yeah. you know? You're screwed. Yeah. You wouldn't understand yeah. it. Wouldn't understand it. And you're also it. probably going to catch some disease immediately. That's going to like, you know, God right. knows. You're going to pass out from the smell probably. You might alone. be taller than everybody else there, <laughs> yeah. and they're not going to like that. They're uh, Weird, you're, you're Weirdly not gonna, taller. Not going to have it. Not going to have any money. But I would go. Go back to that that period because as the lay historian uh that uh that i am it's like that period of time between the wars between world war one mm-hmm. and world war two um are where i think are the the crucible for all of the history that we have been living ever since the rise of that brand of fascism and along with it the uh-huh. communism that came after particularly world war ii and imperialism because of mm-hmm. it that uh-huh. was essentially geographically based that we had mm-hmm. to have geography in order to control the world you had to have mm-hmm. land you had to have mm-hmm. the produce that came out of that land you had to control the populace that lived there when that war was over and the concept of of trade and alliances uh came back into it, that meant geography was no longer the harbinger of of wealth and power and the ability in order to defend defend what they did that, that's part of that is my perhaps philosophy but 1939 that world's fair was meant to be 100 percent altruistic that essentially mm-hmm. just said look how great things are mm-hmm. going to be mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. isn't a mm-hmm. soul on earth who you know after a couple of years of the formation of the united nations could honestly say oh just how wonderful oh, things yeah, yeah. are oh, going to be the, yeah. the world's fair had tv are you ready for this the world's fair had FDR opening it, I think in in April or or somewhere uh, of 1939, and it was broadcast on television. On television, wow. and on you what could, was called television? At what this, was, was called, it called television? Television, at this point? and chances are there were probably maybe. 20 receivers and all of, and you had to go yeah. to an office in order to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But this was 1939. Totally. Now, if the war hadn't come along, imagine how quick television would have been. And you could go to the World's Fair and stand at a microphone and be on camera. And in another room, your family could watch you in real watch time you. on TV. Cool. And it was the, it was the most, it was, it was living radio. It was, so along with that, Along with how great steamships were going to be and the promise of the airplane <laughs> and how, right. you know, pie is going to come in measured units and uh, all this other stuff is going along. It was just, it was just a, a celebration of look at what we have learned and what, look at what yeah. life is going to be like in 1960. Yeah. <laughs> we'll live in the world. Now they did not take into account an awful lot. In 1939, there was an exhibition for the nation of Poland. The country of Poland paid money and said, "Hey, we're going to build a we're going to build an exhibition hall about Poland, talking about how great Poland is." That was in 1939. Well, the oh, the, the fair continued into 1940, but there was no mm. more Poland hall because no there was no Poland. more Poland yeah. because the Nazis yeah. had overrun yeah. it. And just yeah. for the sake of things, the statue of the King of Poland that was in that exhibition is now in Central Park just oh. off from so really? if you were walking in central park it's just across wow. the park from the delacorte theater if you fascinating like. oh and here's something else you know the big parachute ride that was part of uh-huh. the world's fair 
the structure for that is still out at Coney Island. It's that big odd tower. Aha, uh -huh, yes, I see. Sure, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Was, oh, that's what so that you, is. You can still see all these little things from. Uh, Not, you don't want to go to 1939 to then live through World War II. You just want to go for a day. It sounds like because that guy uh, that's in the story is just okay. Um, you're just like okay. Gonna get a cup good. of coffee. Okay. Okay. Gonna ride the sidewalks. And our time travel fantasy. I don't want to go back for a long time. <laughs> but what? But, but it's interesting. You're picking a place. You're going back to a place that's looking to the future. Yeah. Are you interested in the future at all? Well, okay. Would you want to go into the future? Would you want to know what the hell's coming? Are, are you okay? Interested? Let's go. Let's 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 go back. And I've said this many times. Let's go back. Okay. To, I'm I'm 67 years old. So let's go back to 1966. Okay. If you could say to me, by the time you're 60. There will be no more Soviet Union. Uh -huh. We will have stopped going to the moon, but you can watch any movie that has ever existed <laughs> on a device the size of your phone and also talk to anybody on the planet Earth. I would have said, wait, wait, can we go back to that no Soviet Union thing? <laughs> I understand. <laughs> right. I understand that TV yeah. is going to get better right. and phones yeah, will be great. And that's I believe that robots can buy our buy our cars and drive them and stuff like that. But yes, wait, wait, can we go back to that? Can we go back to that <laughs> Russia thing again? <laughs> well, but that is in a weird way one of the most mind-blowing things. You're it right. Is, that yeah. kind of cultural shift, like that's really hard to get your head around. I mean, if I went into the past. I think I'd want to go, I don't know. I think I think I would want to go look at ancient Rome. I don't need to interact with anybody. I'll just, I'll, I'll try to keep my distance. You think you can walk I around ancient Rome and keep to yourself and just see it long enough. In my, be in my Doc Ellis t-shirt. Like, <laughs> Doc Ellis. <laughs> my Doc Ellis t-shirt. I, I would have to go into the past just because I'm too interested to want to, I, it's like, I've I got to sort of see, I think I'd be very interested to go really far back and maybe see some of the prehistoric stuff and see some of that stuff where I'm definitely going to get killed in five seconds by a gigantic hornet or something. <laughs> well, maybe or, not. or a Neanderthal. Maybe they, maybe maybe they don't view you as food, you know? Okay. But okay. True, Steven, art has given us two versions of a version for each of them going back in time and going forward in time. Let's yeah. go back in time first. Thornton Wilder is our town. Oh, yeah. Emily, who has died, wants to go back and live one single day of her life, right? And everybody who's dead says, don't do it. <laughs> we all wanted to. Don't do it. She says, no, I'm going to. I'm going to go back. And she she went back and, and revisited her eighth birthday, right? Mm. And it was heartbreaking for her because she she says this, nobody knew nobody knew how special it was nobody knew how to take mm -hmm. every moment and yeah. so precious it was it ended up being a very very bitter sweet experience yeah. okay that's the past so there's a reason not to go in the past let's come up with a reason <laughs> not to go into the future charlton heston on the beach in Malibu, damn saying, apes. <laughs> those, they, 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 blew, they blew it up. They blew it up. You know, God there's a statue of it. Damn, 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 blew yeah. it up. Part of H.G. Wells' time machine, which uh, people forget about because he's like, he's finished fighting the Morlocks or whatever, and he, he accidentally yeah. hits the the thing and he shoots yeah. millions of years into the future. Mistake. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he just, he's in the same place because you don't move in space you just move in time and he's like suddenly on a beach and there's just these like writhing crab creatures and 
I sort of would like to see the time after humans. Like, what's it going to be like when we're all gone or we're something yeah. else? We're I'm a different species. Or, some, or we're something else. Yeah. That's what I, I think I want to believe that we're going to have wings and shit like that or giant something. Or we're going to be stuff. like, so that I want giant heads. So I say do this. I say do this. Let's, let's, like send an, let's send an iPhone on panorama setting on the camera. <laughs> okay. Put get that up there and then get that back and we can see what and it's like. Because who knows what's going to be in the air there who knows that's how true. toxic the atmosphere yeah that's true i'm just so curious what the hell's you know not even that far yeah see your children's accomplishments and stuff would be cool yeah right? that's curious <laughs> to me you know what i mean uh. it's like that would be really interesting to me you don't want to know i got news for you my fortune is the last thing i want to know yeah that's good yeah point. i i think that there's a fantastic that star trek deep space nine show had a great Kind of very basic time travel thing in which do you remember that show? Remember that one where they were? I remember. Well, I, just, I didn't. I didn't watch Deep Space Nine. I only remember the originals. I didn't watch it a whole lot, but it's. But I. But I remember watching one episode where it's a real basic thing, where the guy goes so far into the future that he's his son is much older oh. than him, and he has to see his son as an old man, mm. and it's. It's intense, that kind of thing. I like to be in the writer's room uh, of any show when they start bringing up, let's do a time travel episode. And the next thing you know, everybody's trying to figure out the rules of time travel. And, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Your story, like, made me think of this crazy thought experiment because the guy goes back and he kind of, he's married to a woman now and he's attracted to this woman in 1939 and he keeps going back to see her and, like, they, you know, they they hang out and he's infatuated with her. And I was thinking... If I was married now and I went back to Rome, let's say, and then I met some woman and had like a 50-year romance with, you know, Octavia or something, and then I wow. – and she passes away and it's this beautiful thing. And then I come back. Damn and high. I, I come back to Janet or whoever I'm married to now. I've only been gone like the one day. Have I cheated on her you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. That's, yes. Yes. You have. Yes. <laughs> yes. The right. answer to that well, is simple. Well, hear me out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I think that I think that's a clear cut the answer. answer yes, yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. And you There's better, no you better bring it. it up as soon as you get back from home. You better just say it right off the bat. <laughs> like, should I just cop to it, it right away? Okay. <laughs> yeah, right, just yeah. cop Sorry. to it immediately. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. Do you, Tom Hanks, think, do you believe in the idea that there was a better time? Do you think no. 1939 was a better time? Do you think anything was actually a golden age or anything like that? I do you buy do that, not, that notion? I do not. Yeah. I, am, I am a presentist. <laughs> does that make sense? Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. That there no, is well, what only, does that mean? No, that's cool. There, there, is only, there is only the present because everything else, uh -huh. and I don't want to overuse this, but I, look, I, I read history for pleasure. Yeah. And because nothing, nothing is more fascinating kind of like what people really did. And yeah. I, I, a, a guy who grew up essentially in the, the Soviet Union, he talked, it was the first time I came across this concept of, of uh, cognitive dissidence. 
in which everybody operated on these agreed upon rules of the Soviet uh -huh. Union. But everybody, and by I mean everybody, also knew that they were unworkable and everybody yeah. cheated, you know. <laughs> Right. You were supposed yeah. to, you know, the, the the promise was everybody would work to their best advantage and only take what they needed. But that translated as human nature. Everybody worked as little as possible and took everything they could grab. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's mm -hmm. just the way. That, so mm -hmm. the I, I, I look at any period of history uh, that I read it as being that the that half and half for everything about it that is extraordinary and wise. There still mm -hmm. remains this. Yeah. It's 50-50, man. It still remains. There was just yeah. as much ignorance, the the power of idiocy, uh, yeah. uh, tyrants. Prejudice. I mean, you, you can yeah. talk about how great it would be to be in, okay, let's go back and just let's live on a farm in Ohio. Yeah. All right? Let's, yeah. let's do that. That sounds yeah. like a pretty pastoral place to live. You know how many Native mm -hmm. Americans you probably had to kill mm -hmm. in order to have that farm? And how many trees you had to cut down and completely alter the uh, the for yeah. so for for six of one there's always half a dozen of an uh, of the other so I don't think any yeah. time has been been uh, uh, more malleable than the one that we're sitting in right now. Uh, that's true. Do you think human nature has changed significantly? Yeah, that's and interesting. I, I'm always I always find this interesting thing. People go like, "Hey, we're just like us." Mm. Those ancient Egyptians were just like us, and I'm like, "I think I, yes." To some extent, but no, too. I'm like, I look at their look at their art and look at what they did, and it's they clearly couldn't be seeing the world different. the way we did. They couldn't. The mind must have been different. A, a human nature has to have changed too. No, look, there's been enlightenment without with, with yeah. without doubt. I mean, human nature has changed because an awful lot of questions that we have asked about our world has been answered. I mean, we uh -huh. used to believe in a god of the Nile, and you know, there used mm. to be Apollo dragged the sun right. across the sky, and mm. Artemis dragged right. the moon. This, but we have become smarter, wiser. We've answered a ton of questions, yeah. but at the yes. end of the day, do we still like the guy who lives across the street from us because he still has that <laughs> stupid boat up on? Uh, yeah, we you do know, not like uh, him. <laughs> Can you not? not? And also, he's always like screaming at the kids to stay off his lot. The kids play in the front yard for crying, you know. Leave. <laughs> you, so, think, um, you think that guy? You think that guy was back in ancient Rome? Get off my lawn! Yeah, same, yeah, exactly, same, same exact dude. <laughs> same guy. Get off same the guy. Forum. Yeah. There is always <laughs> going to be someone who walks into the room and says, "Hey, I'm in charge here." Yes. Yeah. And there's true. going to be yes. somebody who says. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I'm glad you're in charge. <laughs> yeah. and there's yeah. going to be somebody yeah. else. Says, That's great. Who put you in charge? No, no, no. <laughs> yes. How come you're true. in charge? Right. Isn't that you know right. human nature in a nutshell? Yes. I mean, yeah, kind of like it, it is. It is. I was in. Uh, uh, I went to Egypt, which was uh, amazing. Um, uh, yeah. Life altering. And we were shown around the the, the great pyramids and the Sphinx. Yeah. Okay. I've never been. And uh, look, I just saw the movies. You know. I saw, I saw, you know, I, you know, I saw Charlton Heston movies, you know, sure. and Boris uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's all it is. <laughs> Boris I saw the, the mummy. Right, yeah. I, that's what I saw. I saw <laughs> sure. those. So I'm essentially operating on that speed of understanding. I know they're very old, and um, uh, it's hilarious because when you go see, like, for example, the the Sphinx and the Great Pyramids. By the way, that are right there. You can see them from your. They're hotel. right there, right? Yeah. They're, they're right, right there. outside the city. There's a Pizza yeah. Hut. Literally, and you can look at you can look at the Sphinx, and you turn around and look at the parking lot, and there's a Pizza Hut right across the street yeah, from the Great sure. Sphinx. 
So we're there and uh, it's it's everything that's supposed to be. But the fellow who is who is showing us around is an American and he's an archaeological engineer. Right. Uh-huh. And he went the first time uh, that he went there, he, he was a younger man. And he was a, a, a proponent or advocate, or he, you know, he essentially studied the works of Edgar Cayce and, and mind uh-huh. dynamics. Sure. And it was all about the cosmic, wow. the cosmic power sure. of these mysterious mm-hmm. structures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do they mean? And <laughs> what creatures built them and what power. So that's why he went there with a bunch of yes. those types who are going to go there and celebrate, oh, we're going to go to the birth of this great cosmic force that mm-hmm. is the pyramids and the Sphinx. <laughs> because you, you could have you you been I, in, in 1500 BC in Egypt yes. and have had no idea who built those things. Yeah. We do not no. know who built them. They were they already ancient. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. this guy goes, as an archaeological engineer, <laughs> and he spent about seven minutes in the throes of the great cosmic force that was there. And he, in the eighth minute, he told himself, oh, I see how they built these things. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. The stones oh. are very specifically placed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. right then and there, I, I viewed that as like, well, yeah. Because if if you got, if you can't figure out how it got there, you're going to probably swallow anything that oh, uh, you know sure. my my great grand my the this god or this king commended me in order to do it but the fact is people worked really hard and and put it up yes. and you take well the actual achievement yeah the actual achievement itself is miraculous and not to keep coming back to my paul giamatti reference library Uh-oh. here but what <laughs> happened you know what <laughs> happened in philadelphia and in other places as well Yes. And, um, and in fact, you know, uh, 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 Harari uh, makes this point between the Code of Hammurabi in yeah. 1776 BC uh-huh. and the Declaration of Independence in 1776 wow. yeah. AD and just says, look, this is this is thought. This is work. It's the same this thing. Is, Hammurabi yeah. just said, yeah. this is what it's going to be. Yeah. But you guys, uh, you know, you and John Hancock and you all those, all yeah, those cuckoo would, ki- uh, all those me, nutty me. kids, you know, uh, you know, argue yeah. and stuff like they, that. They actually implemented. But what, what, what yeah. went into it? What went into it was a lot of thought, a lot of arguing, a lot of compromise, a lot of I give up, yeah. just keep it as it is, you know, and change yeah. a couple words and I'll be happy. And it ends up being so. Uh, what was the most malleable moment when Hammurabi, you know, put down his code or that day in 1776 or the day before yesterday? It's interesting know? that there will people forget about that moment is that the idea of independence from an, from a monarchy like that was not – it was invented somewhat in, in that, that form of independence. There had been earlier forms of it, but they'd all led to a new invention. It wasn't a sort of foregone conclusion. Is well, here in America, too. Is that, a guy ah. came in and said, hey, I'm the king of all you guys. And somebody in America said, oh, yes, you are. Thank you for being our king. <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of other guys yeah. said, well, who made you king? Yeah. Who made you I, king? I, I, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think so, sir. I would argue that, you know, the Harari thing is uh, sort of the Enlightenment project. And you see this in books like by Steven Pinker, and I get that. But I would argue that the the mindset of the Code of Hammurabi, which is hey, an eye for an eye, uh, yeah. you know, is still in me. It's still in you. It's still in all of us. It's like we've progressed yeah. and we have like the state and we have laws and justice, but in there 
is Tony Soprano who wants, you know, justice for his daughter, you know, yeah. now, and he's not yeah. going to wait for the state to do it. And it's like, both these are riding in our heads, you know, as we go yeah. forward. It's weird. So Stephen, yeah. I'm asking you, has human nature changed? Since, no. Uh, since <laughs> those no. I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> but that's more kind of basic animal behavior in some ways, eye for an eye and sort of like territorialism. I think it's human no, too. you think that's more human? Well, yeah, attachment to your kids and what you do for them, it's super, it's it's animal and human, I think. Uh-huh. It's rude. The, the animals have put real nice, nice spins we are, on we are savagery. Animals, yeah. <laughs> Now, Tom Hanks, you played an astronaut, and, and yes, I so did. You, you, you know all about space and stuff like that. Are you a guy who buys into UAPs and UFOs? What's your? I'm just interested uh, to know what you think of that. But I'm interested. Are you a skeptical guy? First of all, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm willing to to give anybody a certain amount of credence up to a certain somewhere on my test of uh, you know uh, authenticity versus uh, what's the word probability. Like I like there, I read there was recent, and maybe you might know something about this. Supposedly, there's something about a very specific parallel one of a one of the lines of longitude across America that for some reason this particular parallel has an awful lot of of UFO reportings oh, on either uh -huh. side yes, of it. There's or something all kinds like of that. stuff like that. Sure. Okay. All right. So I picked up I picked up a guy's book about that because I said, well, uh -huh. great. You know, let's let let me read about that, and this. I'm going to say that there was so little uh, 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 recorded data. I mean, it was all a guy saw this and someone <laughs> heard this, this. And someone <laughs> yeah. read this, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes, and yeah. so there's, oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. I saw it. No, it was read. There's photographs that show yeah. it. And there's an official report yeah. about it. Then I say, and where is, uh, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, it's a blah, blah. Um, but uh, out of all of this stuff, out of you know, I, I'm going to argue with somebody who was flying in an airplane and a jet at a supersonic mm -hmm. speed yeah, and right. saw something yes. that they... They yes. couldn't explain. Yes. I think that I'm going to say this: ninety nine point nine percent of this is look. It was a weather balloon. Like I remember, remember them when HBO first started off. They would all have these 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 movies about you know Roswell <laughs> or you know, yes. and here's a sure. thing, and it was a cover up. And I remember reading yes. this thing: a guy found a piece of material. That you could crumple mm -hmm. it up. That's at Roswell, yes. And absolutely. then you would put it on. You would put it down on a table, and would uh, it would unfold and and be. <laughs> and you know what? I was able to do. I was able to do the same exact thing with a hot pad and a sponge. I took a sponge and I crumpled it up and I put it down. And it went but I, I'd say he's a skeptic. perfect rectangle <laughs> that it was. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so I will. So you're skeptical. You're generally skeptical. I'm not. Uh, I'm saying, so hey, don't... dude, there's there's mysteries out there, Jack. There are super duper mysteries. But yes. you remember the Things face like, on yeah. Mars? That was a big thing. Remember, yes. there was a, there <laughs> yes, was a without a doubt. Hey, that's oh, a face totally. on Mars. Yeah, in the 70s. Without, that yes. is a face yes. on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. 
eyes, yes. nose, a bit of little, it looked, kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball, kind of looked like that. <laughs> yes, it did right? look like Wilson the volleyball. It volley did look ball. a little bit like that. Yes, it that. did. Yes, it and did. then about three years yeah. later, they did a Passover, <laughs> took a picture again, and it was just yeah. this mishmash yeah. of something, got blown away yeah, like, a, like a sandcastle. Yeah. I know you're friends with uh, Obama, and I'm just sort of picturing him taking you aside, like, Tom, we really do have the craft in a hangar. We're just we need you to, yeah. You know, we're not, yeah. <laughs> you never got that kind of- no, I never, no, I okay. never got that level of honesty out of the man. <laughs> yeah, right. You, it, it, it's, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, yes, I, I'm with you in that it's like, I, and definitely there seems to be something even weirder going on because you do suddenly have Pentagon, I mean, not just guys who've left the Pentagon, but you have people saying strange Military things. Guys, about, yeah. Well, yes, me, me, yeah. I mean, fairly legitimate people saying strange things. I do have, I have a hard time going to the place if there's an alien cadaver in Nevada and stuff like that. I mean, it, it and the guy recently who talks about, he went in one of these ships and it was defied all known laws of physics. It was bigger inside than it was outside. Well, could they land at like Pico and, and Westwood for crying out loud? I can know. they, can they <laughs> sit well, down, you know, in, uh, you know, in mid, town manhattan and let us know that they're there yeah yeah i think it's part of like the human psyche th to see things in the sky because we've been doing it since the bible you know and yeah. to also sort of have this longing for like yeah. well maybe there's maybe there's intelligence out there and there's this, this is kind of human more. longing yeah well it, it's the world's latest greatest uh game of uh operator in a coffee shop in ames iowa or Del dalhart texas and someone comes and yeah yeah I saw a meteor last night. Did you see it? I was out and I was just walking the dog and they were, what did I saw? I saw a streak across the sky. It looked, it Why looked the like Southern a accent? <laughs> Uh, I don't know because and <laughs> no, then it's somebody good. I'm buying then it. somebody else so says, Hank's doing it. I'm buying it. 100%. Oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lisa came in. Lisa Ammerman came in the other day, and she saw a streak across the sky. And uh, you know what? I heard yeah. that thing landed just a little outside of Moline. And then someone else comes in. You know, I, I heard from Rachel that Lisa told her that a streak landed across the sky and something landed in Moline. And dang, if it was about the size of a Volkswagen bus and had doors on the side, you know, <laughs> it just, you know, spins right along. Well, it's collective. Yeah, the collective delusion begins to really gain a lot of momentum when everybody starts participating. And you could, like that, I'm going to tell you, know, you right now, Paul Giamatti, there are people out uh -oh. there. There are people out there that served you a dish of your favorite ice cream somewhere. <laughs> And they have turned that brief interaction with you yes. into something much yes. greater oh. than it. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're Paul right. Giamatti came in for a cup of Rocky Road, yes. and he was really pissed off about something. Uh, yeah. And you weren't. You, you weren't just, you're you know. absolutely right. No, that's a very good, that's an excellent. Good analogy. In which yeah. case, I'll come back to you again. Stephen Asma, has human <laughs> behavior changed over the course of you know, the that, millennium? But that's that, that's that thing that Steve and I are fascinated by, though, is this, that's imagination, too. And yeah. It's like your imagination begins to just endlessly. You know, that, that goes back again to the cognitive rev yeah. revolution, because yeah. There were there was there was one way of looking at lions at the waterhole, right? We went down to the waterhole and there were lions at the waterhole. So we turned around mm -hmm. and came back. Yeah. Then there's somebody who has the imagination to say, you know, last time we went down to the waterhole, there were lions. Maybe we shouldn't go today, right? <laughs> but the next step in cognitive yeah. in, in in that yeah. cognition is 
I sense that there are lions at the water. <laughs> ah. Do you have, who are you going to, you might not doubt yeah. any of those people, right? And That's from there you get into someone that's going to say, we better not go because Christy says yeah. there are yeah. lions at the water hole and somebody else says, oh, how does she know? Thank God Christy's here. Uh, but that's that thing. That's an interesting thing you're always talking about, Steve, which is that imagination is a function originally as this kind of like warning system as a yeah. kind of like it's assessing sort of danger and assessing yeah. your environment. And the lion at the water hole, the crocodiles. Yeah. I mean, the first imaginative works we have, like the the book, basically the Epic of Gilgamesh, you look at the, mm. the Sphinx, they're these hybridized creatures that really represent real threats or predators in the environment, but they've been, you oh. know, like amplified into these narrative structures like so that kids uh -huh. will stay away from the woods or stay away from the watering hole right. so like monster movies all that stuff is like an expression of a sort of adaptive imagination now have here's something here's something that is undeniable because it's happened to me and i bet it's happened to you have you guys ever like been had that moment where you're in motion and you sense something and hesitate just stop and uh -huh. it's a good thing you did because there was a big yes, chunk of yes. wire that that uh, yes. up right there. That's yes, happened yes. to me. That's happened. Yeah. That's happened to me in an automobile while I was, I was, I was leaving the set of something, yes. and and my my uh, it was late at night. We were letting, <laughs> you know one of those night shoots. It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, it goes on say. too long. Yeah, and I had to work exactly, at every damn yes, shot until we were around. <laughs> and I'm leaving, yes, and I, I couldn't know. I couldn't get the fog off my my windshield, and I just so was like coming yeah. out of the parking lot, and I just slowed and slowed and slowed, and then I stopped. Yeah. And when I yeah. did it, I if I had not stopped, I would have run into the back of a flatbed truck right on right. the yes. corner. Yeah, how do you explain that? I I do not have an explanation of that other uh, other those than we we got some sort of magic for it. And I, I bet you anybody listening to this, I did that. I walked into oh, a room totally. and I knew somebody was there or something like that. Uh, totally. Know? Well, yes, I knew somebody was. Uh, yes. Well, that that sense of like someone's in the house. It's uh, someone's mm -hmm. broken into that. But I mean, isn't that the same function if you meet someone and you're like, ooh, this guy. I don't know about this guy. You know what I mean, though? And then it turns out you were right. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. meet somebody and everybody loves this guy. He's the best. <laughs> we love this guy. And you're like, I have this all the time. And I'm like, mm, I don't know about this guy. And then it turns out I wasn't wrong. If I was describing the day and a half I spent on the set of Johnny. <laughs> everybody likes this guy, Tom Hanks. I don't get it. Right. God, this Hanks guy. Yeah. But you have those instincts about people. Yeah. Or you have those instincts about a place or about like, but I I could I can translate that into going in somewhere and saying, "Whoa, something really bad happened here." I've told you, Steve, about the yeah. time I was in this ruined abbey in in Wales, and I walked into this part of it, and I went, "Whoa, something really bad happened in yeah. here, and I got to get out of here." Really? And it was like, yeah, and it was, and it was, it really, and I don't, that didn't happen to me all the time, things like that, but it was. It was not. It hit me immediately too. It was just it's like being. It's something. like being in in really bad, creepy, inhuman architecture. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go in. You go into a building that is supposed Chinese, to. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that feng shui is, thing, which yeah. I get really freaked out by. I totally yeah, get that. Yeah. I feel that if something's wrong. Yeah, but you're exactly right. It's just inhuman thing like I that. I found out really from a creepy. from an uh, an architect. He was he kept talking about the golden mean. Well, that's the golden mean. I said, what is the golden mean? I said, oh, well, the golden mean is this, it's this mathematical thing that you know the height is one 
plus uh -huh. a half of what that is. Right. And you'll probably notice that the most comfortable rooms you've ever been in are following the yeah. principles of the golden uh -huh. mean. And I started paying attention. It's absolutely right. Yeah. As well as feng, <laughs> yeah. feng, feng shui. Feng shui. Feng yeah. shui. That's a big deal. Yeah. But that's a symmetry thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a symmetry thing. Now, why do we it? react I mean, to like, that in, in a certain way? Why is it, you know, literally a, a, a pleasant space to inhabit? I was living in China and, and I was looking for an apartment and the guy said, we were look, overlooking the Suzhou River and this was in Shanghai. And he goes, this has great feng shui because the chi energy comes down the river, blasts you in your apartment. And I was, I, it did <laughs> feel really, shit. I know, I was like, okay. I, but I felt really good there because the aesthetic properties were, like you said, I think like a kind of a golden ratio thing. It had kind of harmonized, de-stressed me. Something I don't know. about our response to sort of, is, is symmetry or yeah. something like that. I mean, people talk about symmetrical faces being things that babies respond yeah. to more than like, you know, say my face, which is not <laughs> it's terribly <very> symmetrical. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> well, in, in a way, it's asymmetrically symmetrical. But it's, but, but, but so like there's something about that. But the interesting thing with the feng shui thing with the Chinese is, by the same token, then sometimes when they go, oh, the feng shui with this is great, you're like, this is nuts. What, yeah. what I, there's, a, there's a house in Vancouver. Tom, Tom Hanks, you've probably worked in Vancouver and you've maybe even seen this I have never worked place. in Vancouver. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. Well, you've got to get a job in Vancouver. But there's, a, there's like a traffic island, the most random traffic island sitting right down in the weirdest place in Vancouver. And some... Chinese billionaire has built this bizarre little house on this traffic island because his feng shui guy told him this is the place. This is the this is the energetically the chi is great here. He's got this bananas house with this crazy door that was also apparently like your door needs to be about three and a half feet taller and skinny. You know, it's just the craziest looking house. So that's weird to me the feng shui thing with that. Well, let's keep an eye on that guy. You yeah, know? Maybe, yes, you let's know, definitely uh, keep an eye on that guy. Ends up, but it's uh, something you know, about you you respond to symmetry we like we like things to be symmetrical or something and yet you know I mean? and yet you we can go to these other places and they are incredibly pleasant to be in because they yeah. are not symmetrical they're not at all right yeah they're not at all so, symmetrical. Yeah. yeah you know yes and the japanese have that whole tradition of wabi-sabi of things yeah. like well how was the quality of your life in that perfect uh, feng, feng shui apartment there it was uh, not good because you. it was one of these apart you know the chinese not good ladies during and a certain period <laughs> were just slapping oh, well. apartments up and it was just uh, for all kinds of everything was breaking it was a disaster but i'm gonna tell you right now that guy said this stupid <laughs> this stupid american is in here i'm gonna throw some feng shui verbiage <laughs> totally at him, and he's gonna absolutely. buy it absolutely he'll buy this shit yeah, i was buy suckered shit. by feng shui the bottom of the hill like this this is the best place for feng shui because all your good fortune will roll down the hill into your front door yeah well you that. have been very generous with your time Tom. you have been very more than generous really. you've been here for oh, a God, really long time guys honestly <laughs> outside of cheeseburgers and a cup of coffee i can't imagine a better way to spend it now very good oh, well very good i this is a real pleasure thank yeah. you so much man Thanks for doing uh, this and taking thanks, the time. Uh, thanks for having Please. me. Let's do it again in a year or That'd so. Awesome. We'll have stuff yeah. to Please. talk about. Please, we'd love to. You know why we'll have stuff to talk about, Stephen? Because human nature never changes. There you go. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> love it. Fantastic, sir. Thank you thanks, very man. much, Tom Thank Hanks. you, guys. Great talking to you. Chinwag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films. Hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. Executive producers for Treefort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. 
Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Original theme music by Luke Topp, with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Treefort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Editing and mixing by Jeff Neal. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. <laughs>